Hi, this is Dan Sheridan with Successful Savior Ministries. This is Lesson 12 in our series, The Plain Guide to Universalism. And in this portion of our series, we're asking the question, what do universalists believe? And I hope we've been answering it for you. Now, the first three articles of the Universalist Confession that we've been going over began with God in Christ. And now in this lesson, we turn to ourselves, the human race. So Article 4 is concerning the motive to obedience. And let me read the article, and then we'll come back and make some comments. And here's how it reads. We believe it is our duty to love God because He first loved us, that if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. That the goodness of God leads to repentance, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation to all men hath appeared, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, and that those who believe in God ought to be careful to maintain good works, for these things are good and profitable unto men." And the scriptures that conclude this article are 1 John 4, 11 and 19, Romans 2, 4, and Titus 2, 11, 12, and Titus 3, 8. All right, let's look at this article in more detail. First, we consider it our duty to love God because he first loved us. Now, the word duty means that which a person owes to another, that which a person is bound by any natural, moral, or legal obligation to pay do or perform. So we believers feel duty bound to love God because he loves us. God doesn't force us to love him, but we consider his love so wonderful that we can't help but love him back. John says in 1 John 4:19, we love him because he first loved us. The Apostle Paul also says in first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the love of Christ constrains us or compels us. Second, if God loves us, we ought to love one another. Love for God leads us to feel a sense of love for all mankind, but especially for our brethren in the faith. 1 John 4.11 reads, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You know, I can't help but quote Benjamin Franklin here, and he said this one time in 1765, God is very good to us. Let us enjoy his favors with a thankful and cheerful heart. And as we can make no direct turn to him, let us show our sense of his goodness to us by continuing to do good to our fellow creatures without regarding the returns they make us, whether good or bad, for they are all his children though they may sometimes be our enemies. So that's how we show love for God, by showing love to one another. Third, the Apostle Paul tells us that God's goodness leads to repentance. Now, repentance is when one feels bad for past beliefs and behaviors that were contrary to God's standards. You see, it's God's goodness his goodness, which leads a person to repentance. God's goodness melts the hardest of hearts, and as a result, a person can face up to his or her failings without being driven to despair, because God's goodness at once reaches the heart and changes the life. God wants to correct us and put us on the right path. Which leads us to our fourth point. God's grace teaches us how to live. 
God's grace, says the Apostle Paul, that grace which brings salvation hath appeared to all men. Grace is a teacher. What does that grace teach us? Well, first, negatively, it teaches us that we should deny ungodliness and worldly desires. Second, positively, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So, ungodliness is contrasted with godliness, and worldly lusts are contrasted with sober and righteous living, which means that desires that are worldly are characterized by lack of clear thinking and unrighteousness. Unrighteous behavior is connected with how we treat others. Which leads us to our last point. God's grace teaches us how to maintain good works. Paul says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So what makes a work a good work? Simple. A good work is a good work when they are good for and profit others. Okay, that's all for Article 4 of our Universalist Confession of Faith. Next, we're going to look at Article 5 concerning the reward of obedience. This is Dan Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Successful Savior Ministries, Messages on the Plain Guide to Universalism. Until we talk again, remember this. Jesus Christ is a successful Savior. <laughs>